You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for your Thursday episode. Your host, Jeff Lloyd. As always, make sure you're following the show at Locked On Browns on Twitter. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, about 28 hours or so away here from training camp practices beginning um, Friday, 2 o'clock Eastern, to be streamed. Uh, you know, all the Browns pages, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. So obviously, you know, finally going to get to uh, hopefully get the ball rolling here and maybe get back to some football normalcy NFL-wise. Pete Smith at underscore Pete Smith underscore from SI going to join us here. We're going to do some previews, uh, you know, heading into camp practices tomorrow. Um, obviously, news broke a little bit yesterday. And, you know, we, we've talked about this, guys, um, with the guard position. Obviously, you know, to lose all your depth, you know, within about a six, seven-day period was dramatic. Um, you know, some guys have been brought in. Obviously, the resumes of those players are not too big. Um, but word breaks yesterday. Now there is a guy comfortable with the Callahan system. Bill Callahan's comfortable with him. Obviously, there's age and some injury warts that go along with it. Uh, Ronald Leary, you know, in for a visit to see if they can make that work and maybe make that work by tomorrow or Sunday, whatever. It's not that big of a rush. Obviously, at 34 years old, Ronald Leary is very, very well acclimated in the NFL. Pete, so, you know, we'll get to the offensive side of the ball here, you know, talk about, you know, what we're looking for here in, in the coming days. And, you know, Ronald Leary, you know, even if he doesn't have to play, I mean, at least it's a name that can fill a hole. Well, I mean, the problem is you've got guys like, you know, Josh Klein and some of these other guys that actually can market themselves. And, you know, they may not want to come in and compete or be, you know, potentially a backup and they may want to, hold out and get a starting job because that may well come up and be able to sort of uh, negotiate yourself what could be a lucrative deal so, as a result. And some of these guys just may not want to play. I mean, you you have – like Larry Warford is not on an opt-out list because you can't unless you're on a team. There's no – you're not borrowing you, – you, you, there's no payout for that. But he is effectively opted out. Now, the, the same point he could jump in at any time. There's nothing that prevents him from deciding, no, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and sign with the team. So you have all these moving parts. And in the meantime, the Browns signed two guards, uh, Jovan Fair and uh, Michael Dunn, because they needed bodies. I mean, they, they literally signed a guy who played right guard and a guy who played left guard because they need guys who can rep. And they need guys who can, who can get in there and take uh, some hits. Uh, so they don't just have to beat the hell out of Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio uh, endlessly. So Ronald Leary would be a backup only. I mean, certainly he's an option. I know, you know, Alex Boone is lobbying like hell for the Browns to sign him. And he's another guy who's a little bit older. I think he's 32, who has some starting experience and could potentially uh, provide some depth. So, They've got options, and I, and I think this is going to be a position that continues to evolve. I, I don't think even if they, they're able to get Ronald Leary in and they're satisfied with that, that they'll be done because given the situation, they can't be. Well, you look at you know, and it goes along the lines with what you're saying. I mean, you're not going to bring in a guy, Ronald Leary, at 34 years old and say, look, we're going to need somebody to take, you know, 50% or, you know, even if they want to dial down your work days for Joel Batonio and obviously Wyatt Teller and, and just, you know, take the 34-year-old who's been suffering from some injuries over the last few seasons and, you know, basically just, you know, have him go be a crash test, you know, camp dummy. And this is one of the issues you get with the 80 man roster in camp, as opposed to the 90, um, it would have been a little, you know, not, this is where these guys kind of would have filled in here. 
But Pete, offensive side of the ball here, you know, we've gotten to see a little glimpses. The Browns have released, you know, a little bit about, you know, you know, what's been going on to this for, you know, this for as far as, you know, getting to see Austin Hoover for the first time, you know, Baker looking fit and trim and the, you know, the footwork starting to look like it's, you know, getting back to where we were accustomed to in 2018, but offensive side of the ball here, what are some of the things you're looking forward to here over the next, you know, the next couple of days here. And it is pretty cool that we're going to have, you know, this amount of access with these two hour, you know, practices a day, day in, day out. Um, You know, cause obviously, you know, uh, the practice fields were always, pretty well populated for training camp. So it was nice for them to give back after Browns fans have given to them for all these years. I mean, all eyes for me are on the offensive line. Uh, obviously, Jedrick Wills coming in, uh, trying to move to left tackle. How effective is that going to be? You know, just getting to see Jack Conklin. I mean, the, you know, this guy you 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 want to believe is a great player uh, that's going to really stabilize that right side of the line and, and provide what should be a competitive advantage uh, to allow Baker Mayfield to roll right, to, to allow them to run some of that stretch uh, wide zone stuff. And then, you know, White, White Teller, you know, White Teller was in awkward uh, situation last year where he, he's brought in right as the season was started. He went from left guard to right guard. He got in half the season, played pretty well for himself, all things considered. But he has room to improve, particularly as a run blocker. You know, he's he's getting to work with Phil Kelly and he's had a whole offseason to sort of try to improve himself. What does that look like? That? I mean, have they found a guy who can really step in and be that guard uh, for this this offense? If they have, then they, you know, Jedrick Wills may be the worst lineman, relatively speaking, because he's a rookie and he's in a tough spot. But that would mean, you know, you, you should be in fantastic shape to not only protect Baker Mayfield, but to run block for Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. Uh, I mean, it, and that's with Wills and, you know, and again, I, for everybody just, you know, you know, when, and I think a lot of it came because, you know, people will go back to what NFL draft evaluator said. Yes. And, you know, a lot of, yeah, he should have a fine career at left tackle. It doesn't mean it's just going to go swimmingly right out of the gate. Look, I mean, he's a big kid. He's athletic. You know, he works really hard. It's going to take time to, you know, get yourself comfortable within playing that side of the ball. Um, you know, in, it's weird that he has never played the left side, even in high school up until this point, as talented as he was five-star recruit ended up going to Alabama, but, you know, keep in mind, Alabama's offensive line is five stars everywhere. So that's not that that's, you know, that surprising. Um, and of course it will take time. And that is again, like where he mentioned, you know, when he was first selected in years past, you know, any draft choice of the Cleveland Browns, it wasn't, you know, we need you to be a star. It was, we need you to be a star the day you walk into the building, you know, if, you know, Jedrick Wills is only the fourth, only the fifth best offensive lineman on this offensive line in 2020. That's more than fine. Um, there's obviously, you know, three solid players in front of him. Wyatt Teller, you know, the career path looks like he, you know, he's going to turn out to be a pretty decent player at right guard for them for the future. So not having the pressure on him or any of these rookies in, you know, in their first year here, especially the way this offseason is obviously gone. Um, it's just hopefully a big, big change of the times here as the way, you know, Cleveland Browns are doing business. And, you know, what is being bestowed upon their talent here? We're going to get to the defensive side of the ball here with Pete. We got some listener questions from you guys and always appreciate you for that. We'll just keep rolling on through here on your Thursday edition of Lockdown Browns. If you are not subscribed, iTunes, Spotify, what are you doing? Take care of that for me now. Um, Five-star ratings, always appreciated. Written reviews as well. But make sure you're subscribed. Lockdown Browns, iTunes, Spotify. Go ahead and get that done. 
Now, Pete, with the last couple of days here, um, you know, whether it was Mike Daniels, Cincinnati Bengals, the Everson Griffin news going down last night in Dallas, D- Dallas has put together a pretty nice offseason. And I mean, granted, that defensive line is older, but, it, you know, it's a hell of a defensive line. And, you know, they have some wild cards there, maybe in an Alden Smith and stuff like that. If they do get back, you know, Gregory, um, you know, and then obviously the Browns interest, you know, had interest in Vinnie Curry, basically had a better offer on the table for Vinnie Curry. Um, he's been with Philadelphia. He is a Jersey guy, opted to stay closer to home, I guess, where he felt more comfortable. But tinkering on that defensive line continues. Pete, um, you know, obviously met MJ Stewart brought in over last weekend into the secondary, you know, still tinkering, um, you know, which any good GM should be doing. You know, you look at your roster every day. What can I do to make my roster better today? But still with some, you know, basically, you know, some coals in the fire, so to speak, on some players. Um, as far as, you know, upgrading if they feel it's a fit because that Andrew Billings loss, it's it, it's it's a big one. Granted, you know, he was never essentially really here, but Andrew Billings, there was a role for him here, and he was unique as far as everybody else within that defensive tackle room. Well, yeah, with Andrew Billings, it's like we're back to where we were last year where we're going, we need a big body to come in and clog and be effective. We and, think and Daniel Aquale can play. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and now, you know, we're back there and we're, we're going, well, Eli, I mean, he's just not, maybe, maybe they, maybe somebody gets better, but I think they have to find another answer. I mean, the good news is if you look at this season as sort of like, as I have, which some people don't like, is I think you're using this to sort of ramp into and get a sense of where we're at. And, and, and that doesn't mean they can't make the playoffs. That doesn't mean they can't be a good team, but I think, Next year is where they're going to be a contender uh, if they can, you know, take advantage of this year. Again, you've got a first-year head coach. You've got all this new stuff coming in. That Billings is back, which is kind of nice from that standpoint. But for now, uh, you need somebody to come in. And, you know, whether that's trying to, you know, it would be paying a mint to get him, but assuming he wants to play this year in, in a Damon Harrison or if you want to try to get Marcel Darius in here, Darius is more similar to what Billings does in terms of being a two-gap uh two gap guy but look it, I, I think the nose is natural but you know if, if you're talking to guys like Vinnie curry um i would be sitting here if i'm chad thomas going w- w- wait a minute it's that can't be good for me uh that that we've already got adrian claiborne we've already got olivier vernon miles garris not going anywhere and and you're trying to sign a fourth the end um that would be of concern to me. Obviously, the, the back end corner spot, Terrence Mitchell had already aware that, that they've got eyes on him. He makes more money than you'd like a fourth corner to make. They've got uh, AJ Green coming in out of Oklahoma State. MJ Stewart might be a corner. He also might be a slot defender. He also might be a safety. Uh, he's always been a good tackler, and they like corners or they like safeties who can cover. So he may find a role in that stuff you know the Tampa Bay's issue with him is too much of a tweener well the Browns sort of use tweeners in, in their defense so maybe there's there's a way to find him but though ultimately you are a team that is constantly looking for ways to improve yourself as you should and if they can find somebody that can help them good if not then maybe a guy like Porter Gustin can step up he's young and, and you can you, you sort of build yourself that fourth defensive end and give you a sort of a speed rush threat off the edge. They brought back in uh, Okina or whatever his name is uh, from, you know, San Francisco state or whatever the hell. Yeah. Small school in California. Who's, who's an undersized pass rusher, speedy guy. 
they brought him back in. So, you know, they're looking for, for options, solutions, just different ways to do things. And, you know, this is what, you know, why you like guys like Andrew Barry and, and, you know, John Dorsey did the same thing. You, you want GMs to constantly be looking for ways to, you know, you know, find ways to win on, win on the margins, winning on the margins, being able to find guys, you know, at the end of your roster that can help you finding guys that can sort of become something at the end of your roster. And if you can do that, that's, that's sort of what, you know, separates good from great is, you know, that found money aspect of, of being able to develop talent that maybe wasn't ready yet. And, and, and that's obviously the bet they're hoping to make again. And then, you know, these guards they signed are sort of bodies in the meantime, but they are young players that can potentially become something. Michael Dunn was a very good, uh, XFL player and, and, you know, play for my beloved Birmingham iron. Uh, and then you've got an undrafted, uh, undrafted free agent in Joe Von Fair, who is a four year starter at temple uh, that, that sort of fits the bill. So maybe you can find something. I mean, in, in that respect, I, I would hope that, you know, they're leaning on Bill Callahan a little bit and saying, you know, what, you know, is this the type of lineman you like? Good. Bring him in. We can see what we get. And you're not going to hit on all of them. But you, if you can improve your roster, you know, like you know, 2%, you're better than you were before. So that's that's the mindset you have to have. Uh, in, in, yeah, forever tinkering. And the one thing with Terrence Mitchell, and I've suggested this over the last couple of days, is, you know, Terrence Mitchell, and look, it's, it's, it probably, it's never sexy, but whenever the Browns called upon him, whatever pro- role they put him in, he's gotten the job done. Um, I would think with Terrence Mitchell, and look, if it's going to be the point where, you know, hey, Terrence, you're maybe our fourth corner. You're maybe our fifth corner. And with, you know, 10 draft picks as assets, if they view that there's a hole on this roster, whether it's the defensive line, whether it's the offensive line, and it's going to make going to acquire somebody, you know, there's teams, obviously, you know, New York Giants, for example, who, you know, certainly right now can use some some cornerback play. Um, there's ways to maybe maneuver Terrence Mitchell. And, you know, you, you don't really ever want to do a disservice you know, to a veteran and a guy who's been there for you when you needed him to basically say, hey, maybe you get 10 reps a game. There might be a way to maybe use either one of these 10 draft assets or a a Terrence Mitchell to maybe, you know, beef up the depth somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, the only issue for him is contract. And and there are teams that have cap room that can use another veteran corner. I I don't think that that is too much of an issue. And and he has been worthwhile when he's when when the Browns have needed him. you know, he helped cause burnovers that first year uh, that, that sort of showed some value. I mean, he's not a he's not a bad player. And if the Browns don't care about it from a financial standpoint and nobody can sort of su- supplant him, he's a very serviceable, solid fourth corner. You're not going to lose because you have Terrence Mitchell out there. Uh, at the same time, you know, it's it's trimming, trying to maximize your your money, your money here. And if A.J. Green is better, if M.J. Stewart is better then that becomes the consideration. And, and what is, you know, what is the special teams aspect of this? Is Terrence Mitchell a guy who's going to help you on special teams or AJ Green or MJ Stewart going to help you on that standpoint? You've got Tavier Thomas still there. Is he going to be, you know, a guy that they still deem valuable enough to keep, even though he's not really a position player. So there's just a lot of math you have to do. And, and it, you know, given the situation we're in, unfortunately the Browns have, have been, a clean bill of health the last about week, um, you know, with what everything that's going on, you know, the, the position, the guys that make it easiest to keep are guys who can do multiple things like 
can you can play a position and be a special teams guy, those are, are more valuable because if you lose those guys uh, that, that do a little bit of everything, uh, that creates you know a potential significant hole in your special teams unit uh, as well as as well as your just depth. And you know if you lose a guy during the season for like two weeks and he's a key special teams player and you just don't have anybody, you're you're now probably going to have to cut somebody to bring in somebody to be able to fill that role. So those are all the considerations you have to take because this season is different. It's it's unique and you have to be able to sort of navigate uh, all the potential issues you're going to deal with. Uh, all right. Now I'm just going to give this. What uh, defensive side of the ball, what name are you most probably interested in here over these next couple of weeks as, you know, they start, you know, basically strapping them up, putting them in, going live? Uh, I would say Sione Taki Taki, uh, you know, he was good in, you know, all very limited reps last year. He He's physical. He, he loves to attack the line of scrimmage. He's, he's sort of really built to, to attack and take away the run. You know, he's been stressing how he's been doing nothing, almost nothing, but trying to improve his ability in pass coverage. And he was a guy that particularly Elliot Wolf, but the Browns in general loved when they drafted him. He's just a big, you know, reasonably athletic guy that can do some some things. And I think of the guys they've brought in, you know, I, I think uh, Jacob Phillips could be a nice linebacker. But but of Sione Takitaki seemingly is the guy who has the most upside and potential to really be one of those guys that you never take off the field. So. If he can be a guy that they they they, they really like, they really re- rely upon, and and can step in and take over, that would be huge for this defense. I mean, they they aren't gonna put a ton uh, on these linebackers. They're trying to minimize their impact as much as possible because their money's in the defensive line. It's in the secondary. But if they can find a guy like a Sione Taki Taki who can step in and be a good player, it only makes your defense better. So, you know, there are things that have to be worked out. You know, I, I'm excited to see Grant Delpit. I think he's he's going to be a really good player. I don't know what schedule he's going to be on. I, I'm not worried about it. I think he's ultimately going to be a starter at some point. But linebacker, you know, just looking at this, the comp, you know, this is one of the, the, the positions that has a ton of competition. But the reality is I don't we don't know if any of them can play. So the winner of the linebacker job might not be worth anything and you still have to go get more next year. So. Sione Takitaki is the guy that that I think ha- offers the most to come in and be a a guy that they that can be really good at that second level. And it's funny because if you flash back about one calendar year ago here, uh, we were doing episodes and you know going over training camp practices, and it was almost every time, oh, there's a little bit of a fight on the field. It involved number forty four Sione Takitaki. Um, just that physical presence, you know, goes hard. Basically, doesn't have an off switch. Um, you need that from a linebacker, but every defense kind of needs that guy. You kind of rally around that guy. Sometimes, you know, everybody's maybe a little bit off. Um, little scuffle breaks out, you know, gets everybody recharged, gets everybody refocused. Sioni Taki Taki certainly brings that kind, uh, that type of energy. We'll get to some listener questions here next. Uh, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith rolling through on your Thursday. Locked on Browns. 2020 football season, Brown season is here, folks. Uh, practice is kicking off tomorrow, Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. It is time to get your apparel for the 2020 season. If you're going to do that, best place to go is Zabo Apparel, S Z 
ABO, the store in Vermilion, Ohio. You can check it out there or zaboapparel.com. Again, S-Z-A-B-O, Zabo Apparel. Uh, check them out, Zabo Apparel on Twitter, on Instagram. Brian and his family put out a fantastic product. Um, and it's not the, as I'll always say, it's not the quick to rush, you know, hashtag type of t-shirts. It's done with a love of this franchise, quality products, um, have a ton of it, hold up to a wash, lasts for a while. And it's not like you wash it twice and the letters are missing. ZaboApparel.com. Check them out. Pete, I'm going to go with this one first here. Um, and obviously, you know, you guys have been busy over at Streetsboro and my, my beloved adopted Ohio football program, the Streetsboro Rockets. Um, where are you guys at now, Pete? And where are you guys at in regards to, you know, what is going to make up whatever the craziness of this 2020 high school football season is? So we've been fortunate. We haven't had any issues where we've had to shut down. We've, our, our, you know, our, our school district has been really supportive. So they've allowed us to sort of be as normal as possible other than, you know, the precautions we, we take to try to make sure that our kids are healthy. Uh, so we've, been largely operating as normal thus far um but you know governor dewine is supposed to come out and talk today uh the, you know has said this is you know this is where he's going to sort of make announcements but uh with the way the schedule has switched that you know because of teams that that are at least signaling they aren't going to play this year or, or signaling that they are going to play a limited schedule where they they start in october the uh, Ohio State Athletic Association has come out with, you know, a pretty inspired idea for the circumstances where teams are going to play six games and then or, or have six weeks and then have the opportunity to opt into a, a playoff system, which are then going to be seeded by coaches. Uh, and then, you know, some t- at that point, teams will have the opportunity to then opt out uh, or stay in it. Uh, and then teams that opt out can can keep playing uh, the rest, you know, and the rest of that schedule. And teams that get knocked out can continue to play a schedule. But uh, you know, the, it, it's the eventual champion will theoretically play 13 games as opposed to to 15 in a normal year. But you know, this is one of those things where you know, having some football or a lot of it in this case, as opposed to all of it is is better than nothing so you know we are sort of in a holding pattern just waiting for the official word to to figure out what's going to happen and when we do that we will be ready uh but you know our, our kids are doing a great job uh I, you know they've adapted really well to to the stuff we're trying to do uh dealing with this they they've you know their kids they they bounce back quickly i think you know, it helps that they have this, that, the, you know, it, it gives them sort of a sense of normalcy and, and, and just being able to, to do what they, 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 they love to do. And, but, you know, like all of us, we're all worried um, that, uh, you know, something's going to go wrong as much as we're, we're hoping everything goes right. So it's just waiting for the official word. And, and, and I think that, that worry, that, that little bit of uncertainty is going to probably be there until we kick off you know, hopefully in two weeks from Friday. And that's always the thing until you get back truly to what feels totally normal. It's, you know, it's almost a mirage until you get to that point here from Will Eric. And actually I like this one. I've been getting this one a lot here and I guess it's probably more appropriate to answer this now with the state of college football with the 2021 uh, NFL draft Pete slated for late April in Cleveland, Ohio. 
What do you feel the realistic odds are that it actually takes place in late April? Uh, I, I still think it's far more likely than not. The the way – I think it's in the CBA, but I could be wrong about this. Basically, it's written in that it can't be later than, like, I think early June. And I don't really know what that – you know, as we found out this year, you know, if, if there was ever a time they, they could delay it, this would have been it. So I don't really see much point. Um, you know, the, 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 the proposed spring football starts basically January 1st. It's not like it's, you know, uh, actual spring. It's really just, you know, that, that it's quote unquote spring semester where it's the, you know, the first of the year going into it. So, I mean, those guys are going to be largely done by that point. Now you can say, well, we'd like, you know, a couple weeks a month and a half or whatever to sort of get them to do a post-draft process. Um, I, I don't know that that's going to matter. I, you know, I, I like, let's say Ohio state's planning on playing a quote, that's what they've said. You know, most of those kids who are, are, are thinking about the draft aren't going to play. Uh, Justin Fields is not going to play in a, a spring uh, football league uh, he's not going to, you know, the, a lot of those players who have draft aspirations are going to just go ahead and opt out and train. Maybe some of them consider the XFL um, because why, you know, why hang out at school if that's not really where you want to be and you can go get a check and, and compete uh, in a league that you know is going to, you know, is, is going to take place. But at least for the moment, there's not really much reason for them to hold back the draft because ultimately, you know, Fingers crossed that we're not, you know, still this stupid and we're not dealing with this in April. We're not dealing with this in June and July of next year that we have what is closer to a, you know, quote unquote, normal football year that, you know, you have the draft and you go right into mini camps and, and those things. And we get back to, you know, that normal football year that, they're, that you know, they're not going to want to hold back the draft. And the other thing is they, you know, they love having the draft when it is because they could just conquer TV and it always does really well. So I think the NFL is resistant to moving anything they don't have to. All right. And then we'll go with this one here, the last one. Um, and I do agree with you because this spring season just seems like such a farce. Um, it seems like a really, really great lip service to say to, you know, basically, you know, it's, it's almost for me, it, it kind of sounds like the breakup line of, you know, this just isn't working out, but we can still be friends. I don't know how you're going to play spring football, and especially in college where, you know, so much is player physical development from season to season. You know, how many times, oh, well, you know, he was here as a freshman and now going into his sophomore year, he's put on 15, 20 pounds of good muscle. I just don't know how all that works out and the physical demand of the game. It just seems ludicrous. So for me, it seems like, you know, the, uh, Seems like the the nice way of you know basically saying yes we're breaking up with you here and you know but maybe there's a chance I I, I just don't see it guys it's um, it's, and- it's two years of straight football it's not you can't you know we can talk about how good this sounds but it's two years of football if you, if you're not like a fifth year senior or senior that's not going to play after this year you know these underclassmen these freshmen these sophomores uh, and juniors who intend to to, to stay there. You know, if you play from January to, let's say, you know, March or early April, 
you're going right into that then summer camp for the fall season. There's no break. So it's just impractical from a safety standpoint. You, what you're really doing is if you force a winter season uh, or that, that spring season, you're potentially killing your next fall season, which is you know, why I don't think this ultimately ends up being realistic. And some of those lower leagues, they can probably do it. But I, I think when you get into the Power Five, uh, I don't think, you know, if you're Ohio State, I don't think you're willing to seed uh, what would potentially be a 2021-2022 national championship for the sake of a, a spring league. And whatever. I mean, because it almost feels like when you say spring leagues, you want to put like the quotations around it because, I don't know, it just it seems like, so much of a farce and just so much of something that is never going to happen. We'll go with this last one here um, from at Luckbuck. Um, Pete, 14 padded practices. Obviously, the Browns and many other teams like them are at a disadvantage here with a brand new coaching staff. Um, how much, how realistic is it? And how much would you say you could probably get in of what you think your system is going to be in this short, limited amount of time? Well, system wise, they've been doing walkthroughs and conditioning. Uh, these past uh, this past week or so, and and they've been obviously meeting and everything. I'm not worried. Some, I mean, look, there's issues with timing. There's there's questions like that. Um, but the real question is, can you get acclimated physically fast enough where it's going to be safe, and you're not going to just have, you know, a ton of injuries that first week and and, and potentially ruin the season? Uh, that's that's my major concern. And the answer to that is, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if we're going to have enough time. I know why they pick 14. That's that's sort of where they, they feel like it can be safe. But if you're, let's say for whatever reason, you, you miss some of those, that you, you're potentially at a major disadvantage if you're a player uh, to get physically ready. So you have those 14 padded practices, and I assume then 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 you're into that next week uh, that you have that that week to sort of get ready. But that's really the issue. There's no question. Timing, all those things are going to take time into the season, I think, particularly for these newer teams in terms of systems and coaches and stuff. But walkthroughs and, and whatever, you know, extracurriculars that, that players are putting in themselves in terms of like Baker Mayfield throwing receivers and stuff like that, uh, that is sort of where that's going to come in. But, but again, I, 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 this is where I've been sort of cautioning People are like, well, the Browns should be a playoff team. You know, they they play that Ravens game and they 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 get a little bit of a break against the Bengals and the, and and the Washington football team. But uh, <laughs> you are still, you know, you're trying to put this in on the fly, and and there could be some growing pains with that. And it may not look, you know, good until maybe halfway through the season. Now, hopefully, Kevin Stefanski has found a way to sort of, you know, in, improve that schedule, but. You know, that that's sort of an unavoidable consequence at this point. I'm entirely more concerned about physical acclimation and making sure that the Browns don't, you know, suddenly have a bunch of body bags out there for guys with major knee injuries or, or whatever the, the first week of the season. Yep. And, you know, look, we'll see who's been doing the homework um, and, you know, who's truly, you know, been focused and dialed in on all these meetings because now it's going to be time to take you know, the verbiage and, hey, let's see what you've learned. and We'll see how it uh, pans out here. And obviously, I'll start tomorrow. He is Pete Smith. Uh, check everything out. Browns Digest over on SI.com. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself at Lockdown Browns. Uh, make sure you're following. Always follow back account. DMs are open for any ideas, questions. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Same thing applies over there, guys. 
Um, looking forward. Um, probably, you know, we'll get you out of show tomorrow. My game plan is to probably record uh, another one tomorrow after we finally get to see some practice. Uh, so there's your update schedule on the week here. Obviously, all the other shows are out for the week. Um, again, this is uh, we're looking forward to it um, to be this late in August and finally think that we're finally going to get to see some football here. Uh, you know, I'm pretty excited. I'm getting excited. You know, starting to get the regular field here. Obviously, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball. So hopefully, it's time to start seeing some NFL as soon as tomorrow. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the Yellow B. Let's go Browns.